Hey everyone, welcome to Marvelous Movie Mondays. I, I feel like it's been a while since y'all have seen our faces together, and it's because it has been a while. Um, last week we did take a week off for the holiday for Easter. Uh, the week before we did take a week off because of April Fool's, which no certain reason we just had uh, busy stuff in our lives and we put out a little blooper reel for you so we haven't like talked to you and addressed you in, in quite a while um but kelsey mm-hmm. how are you doing good to see you i am doing great dill i've watched so much stuff i feel like there's so much stuff we need to talk about yeah i know there's and when i say so, so much stuff i really just mean i watched all of empower the um docuseries that Zoe Saldana, oh, uh, cool, like cool. front ran for uh, you know showcasing yeah. the women in Marvel. Yeah, um, well, let's open with that. Tell me about about it. You you finished it? You said sure. Yeah, I there's only there's four episodes. There's one on the women of Wakanda, Captain Marvel, Scarlet Witch, and Gamora, mm. and they're all they range from like thirty minutes to like fifty minutes. So, yeah, it was just, like, super cool um, hearing from not only the actors who play the characters, but also the women behind the creative Mm -hmm. team. And, you know, we got to hear a little bit from, um, what's her name, Ruth, of the woman who won the costume design now. Ruth Carter, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, So it was interesting. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) literally, uh, the real-life Captain Carter. And we got to hear from her a little bit about the costume design when it came to, like, the women. And it was just, like, so interesting. Like, we never really, um, um, sorry, I just got distracted by something. Um, We never really, really thought about how, like, you know, like, the king of Wakanda is, like, guarded and protected by a group of women warriors. And I think that that's just like so cool and like progressive that, Mm -hmm. you know, this is like something in the comic books um, that like came to be. And I just don't think we ever really truly gave the Dora Milaje the credit they deserve as this like badass group of women. Um, So it was like great to like showcase them Um, in the Captain Marvel episode. I remember I... I think I took some notes while I was watching it. Um, where's Daredevil's he? Oh, Empower. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now I remember. <laughs> it's all oh, coming what? back to you now. This I is really like three weeks of notes all piling up on, on us. No, yeah, really literally. In the laundry, you know? Um, yeah, and it was just so cool, like, hearing um, all the women talk about like kind of different, different like definitions of femininity. And Mm. it it was like the Dora Milaje with like their shaved heads and how like, that's like, so like cool and badass. We don't usually associate like baldness with being super feminine, but like still they're kind of like reclaiming that in a, in their own way. Mm. And what was super interesting about the Scarlet Witches episode was that I loved hearing Elizabeth Olsen talk about how she kind of approached, you know, playing um, Wanda slash the Scarlet Witch from a lens of like mental health. And Mm. especially when it came to WandaVision, it was so interesting hearing them break down like how different episodes, I think we had this theory at some point that like all the different episodes represented a different stage of grief. grief. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so it was, they were like the first two were like denial and then like three through like, like three and four were uh, bargaining or, you know, whatever, whatever state, uh, you know, order they go in. But it was just so interesting that she kind of like always saw Wanda as someone who um, at her core is just looking for like that mental mm-hmm. stability and, you know, yeah. Clay and, and, and recognizing that they're not okay mentally. And I just thought that that was such an interesting take to hear about. Um, and then when it came to Gamora's episode, you know, Zoe and Karen kind of really talked about how much they loved working together because even though their characters are fighting a lot, you know, Gamora and Nebula, they felt this like immediate kinship and this immediate like sisterhood, like off screen, just because they were one of the only two women like on the project. So they Mm. immediately like, you know, really found this like actual sisterly bond, obviously off screen because, you know, for all of guardians one, they're fighting and then guardians two, they really don't, you know, find that moment until the end. And And it was also just really interesting in that episode to hear because for a majority of them, they didn't really have a lot of like the men um, who are behind these movies on, you know, just because it it wasn't for them. That wasn't the focus. Yeah. yeah. Not their time. So they had, you know, we heard from like female editors. Um, I don't remember. I don't think Anna Bowden was in the Captain Marvel episode. I think she must have been busy. Probably not. If it is this on Disney Plus. Yeah. Yeah. I have a feeling even if Kevin Feige isn't behind this specific documentary series, I, I don't think he's going to let anything Anna Bowden says uh, air on Disney plus. Cause I, I remember Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck not having the kindest words to say about how their movie was essentially not being allowed to be directed by them. You know, like one of those oh, like, studio okay. interference type things. Um, uh, I don't know the extent of that, but like, it makes sense why she probably didn't get like a spotlight to talk about it, but um, which yeah. is unfortunate, but yeah. But um, but it was just so interesting to hear. You know, we we heard a little bit from James Gunn during the mm. Gamora episode, which I really sure. wasn't bothered by because he just had such good, insightful things to say, and mm. it was and it almost like meant more that it was coming from a man and it was just like if only more men kind of spoke this way about Mm -hmm. women and um, women relationships featured on camera i think you know the the industry would be wildly different um but he he talked about just like this great moment at the end of guardians 2 when um gamora and nebula like hug and kind of mm-hmm. like have their makeup moment like right at the end. And it's like more goes like full in, like full body hug. And all Nebula is able to really offer at, you know, at that time is just like a little like hand on the back, like kind of pat thing. And he was just like, he was like talking about how, you know, shooting that scene, he was like crying the whole time because he just felt like, you know, this is going to be the start of something really great for them um, moving forward. But Anyway, so that that was Empower. Yeah. Uh, nice. We also got, a, in the spirit of talking about uh, women in Marvel, we also got the Marvels trailer. Yes. Uh, or teaser trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's a very, very uh, brief teaser to the point where, honestly, I sent it to you and I really can't recount much of what happens. It seems like yeah. a lot of body swapping. Um, yes. A lot of Amon Vellani. Uh, a lot of interesting yes. visuals. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested for it. 
Yeah. Definitely interesting visuals. That's definitely the word to use for it, Jill. Um, it piqued my interest. That's what that means. <laughs> piqued my interest for sure. I mean, I'm hoping that the movie looks a little bit better than the than what we saw in the teaser trailer. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's as the far most as disliked like, uh, trailer on YouTube in Marvel history, but like again, it's I, I, I okay, think that's well, a lot of a lot of the anti-feminist Captain Marvel haters just like. Yeah. disliking it before watching it type thing so I, I don't really bring that into account much but it, again it's not the right. best trailer you know it's it's a little rough around the edges yeah for sure and like i i will definitely you know i will i will admit that i'm not you know i don't just i won't just say good things just because right, right. i feel like good things should be said but um i will say that plot wise you know we got a little bit of like kind of a teaser of what the marvels is going to be like at the end of miss marvel when you know, um, uh, Kamala shows up in Carol yes. in Kamala's bedroom. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it was interesting to see, um, you know, Monica Rambo being, um, included on in all of this and just how there's going to be like, a looks like a lot of like location swapping and body swapping and, and it, and it looks like it's definitely going to be, um, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun and I'm I'm actually mm. really excited for this team up. I know that going in when we first heard that you know it was going to be a team up film that we weren't super excited just because we thought that Carol might, you know, at least have one more movie just standing on her own two feet, but I just think that the dynamic between the three of them um especially with um Kamala Khan, like I'm just right. so excited for the shenanigans they're going to yeah. All the three of them couldn't be any more, any more different, which, is, which right. is so exciting. Um, and we get Goose back. I, uh, there's a shot of Goose, yes. so Flurkin, or yes, at least one of do. them. I, I assumed it was Goose. I, yes, I definitely saw Goose. And I think at some point in the trailer, there was like a whole shot of a bunch of cats slash flurkins. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm ex I'm like, do we just like go to a whole flurkin planet? Because that could I'm be down. really I'm fun. Down. I'm down. <laughs> um was there any other news that came out this this week i have news but it's more like serious like heavy news rather than like trailers and all that stuff oh, I, no. I, I don't think we got any other trailers right um we did have uh Jenner, jeremy renner's sh new show on disney plus come out right and i Which... did mean to watch um at least one episode of that to talk about it but i just didn't get around mm -hmm. to it yeah, because uh, we I had a whole his, second half of the season. It's like re rehabilitation after his accident, stuff like that. Um, it was called like renovations or something. No renovations. renovations. Yeah. Well, I I thought he was gonna be like building houses or something. That that's what it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I I really don't know what it's uh, what it's centered on, but um, yeah. yeah. I mean that that'll be fun. Um, well, what also, is your news, Dill? Yeah, um, let's change we'll a little up the bit mood about here. Jeremy Renner later. I mean, this is kind of along the lines of like women in Marvel and and unfortunate stuff about women in Marvel. This actually happened like in March, but we just haven't talked about it yet. And that's Victoria Alonso got fired from Marvel. She was the basically the right hand man to Kevin Feige. She has been a producer on the films since Iron Man. Um, she is the head of the combating against the removal of gay themes in the Marvel films. She's been like the big number one supporter of um, black and uh, LGBT and Latino Latinx representation in Marvel. She's been kind of like spearheading that. And in uh, 2021, I believe she got promoted to overseer of the visual effects branch 
And I think that's kind of where uh, a lot of people are trying to point the blame, saying she got fired because the visual effects department has been getting a lot of heat. And it's interesting because like originally when this happened, a lot of people were saying, oh, she got fired because she was toxic to work with in the visual effects department. Um, and then uh, more news came out that apparently the reason she got fired has nothing to do with the visual effects performance, but more so about um, the fact that she apparently breached her contract to work on producing a film for Amazon called Argentina 1985, which was nominated for Best International Film at the Oscars. And apparently, according to her contract, she's not allowed to work on anything out of Marvel. Or if she does, she's not allowed to like advertise it or promote it in any way. And I guess because it was picking up Oscar steam, she was promoting it. And I guess that is the reason, at least that's the said reason online as to why she's fired. But this is big for a few reasons. It's big because this is like kind of like, the main woman voice behind Marvel, essentially from a production standpoint, being fired. So now it's Kevin Feige, and we don't know who his new right hand man is going to be. Um, right. And she was also, as what we said, very um, big on diversity. She is a Latin woman herself, and she was very big in promoting it. It's why we got the America Chavez stuff and Doctor Strange. They were going to cut it out because they wanted to release it internationally, and she said, "No, we're keeping it in. If we don't re release it internationally, so what? I want this in the movie, and it's hmm. and it got in the movie." Um, so it's kind of one of those things where that is really harmful. I think the fact that she's not there, but also, I mean, hearing that she was kind of a bit uh, dictatorish in the visual effects department is also tough to hear because we've heard all the horror stories about how overpaid and underworked those uh, workers are. So it's like one of those very sticky situations, which I'm sure we'll get more information about as, you know, the weeks go on. But uh, yeah, she was fired in March uh, and you know, the, the, there are varying stories on why, um, you know, and, and right after that, literally a week later, we found to find out of course that Jonathan majors gets arrested, um, which, um, Oh, you were <laughs> Kelsey is, is off of social media. This the past few weeks, uh, Jonathan majors gets arrested for uh, allegedly, um, beating his girlfriend outside a bar in Brooklyn. Um, no! where she was hospitalized. And then, um, we haven't heard yet it was one of those things where the the charges were dropped, but we get evidence. It, it, it's something you should probably look into. I'm not going to go too deep into it, but basically the evidence they gave was a text message from the girlfriend, basically telling him it's fine. We'll tell him this. We'll tell him this very much sounds like a victim kind of admitting her guilt because she has to almost. And, and I don't want to make this like a, a podcast about, you know, whether someone's innocent, whether someone's not, but um, it didn't look great for him. So I, I think Marvel's dealing with a lot right now. You know, they've got the whole Victoria Alonso thing, and now they've got essentially the face they're building phase five around is now in the media for, for very negative reasons. And even if he is cleared, ever since that news came out, a lot of people who went to school with him at Yale have come forward to talk about his behavior, his violent behavior, his um, kind of toxic workplace uh, um attitudes and um practices they've come forward to talk about them more and more um so it, it, it's it's kind of snowballing you know a lot of drama at marvel uh behind the scenes and that's why i hate that i followed up all your cool stuff about the uh zoe saldana series with all the um unfortunate stuff going on at marvel but again the john the majors thing doesn't seem like it's totally finalized so i, I don't want to like say for a fact what is or what is not happening um but it's just something to keep an eye on victoria alonso though did get fired that is true um so yeah marvel's kind of in in the in the trenches right now um kelsey i, I guess 
I, I think you might have gone on vacation for this. So maybe you like just avoided this news altogether. But yeah, this well, kind of like sent shockwaves through the Marvel community for sure. I saw one really vague TikTok that was like, what are we going to do now that what with like Jonathan majors, but like mm -hmm. they didn't say anything specific about what he did. Yep. And because it was only one video, I like clicked on the comments and I was like, what are people talking about? Like what's going on? Mm -hmm. But I didn't like, I didn't see anything. And then I only saw that one video. So I was like, okay, maybe it was just a rumor. Maybe like something weird happened. Right. I wasn't sure, but Oh my God, I'm so disappointed yeah. to learn and, this. Yeah. And, and, and the first thing I said when it happened, because this this news also came out in March, but like the first thing I said was, if the first jump of people's minds is, OMG, what's going to happen with the Marvel Universe? I, I, I think that's, you know, we're Problematic. such fans <laughs> that like we need to like be first and foremost concerned about the people's who lives are affected. Right. You know, like, um, you know, Victoria Alonso did lose her job and we don't know necessarily if she was the reason for it based on her behavior or not, but like still she lost her job. Like she's had that job since Iron Man. Jonathan Majors, his his girlfriend's who we should be thinking about right now. You know, like she's the mm -hmm. one who was in the hospital with severe injuries, you know? Um, so it's like, you know, we gotta think of the victims first. And then once we start to hear more of the story, then we can start to decide whether or not we we personally on our own volition wanna um you know, excuse what he did or, or uh, forgive what he did or accept that he didn't do it if he didn't do it. But again, it's one of those things where before you can even question what's going to happen with the universe, because honestly, with the multiverse, they really can recast Kang if they want to. And even if they yeah. do keep him as Kang, he is the villain. So you maybe it makes it stronger of a case to, to want to hate him. But again, you don't want to throw all this money at him either if, if that's the case, if he is a scumbag. Right. So it's a really sticky situation. But I did want to address it because we haven't done it on the show yet. And I did want to bring it up because I know a lot of people have been like kind of going crazy with the news. You know, like, what are we going to do? I mean, this is literally the one person who was like kind of thriving the most right now had the yeah. most to lose. Um, and, and, and it sucks if this is true. And he did do this, uh, which... You know, I'm not gonna say right now whether it's true that he did or not, but I'm I'm leaning toward just seeing the victims' text message, all this stuff. Um, you know, I'm leaning toward that way. You know, I I really think, you know, it's it's a shame to see someone throw away something so good so fast. You know, but right. I don't want to dwell on this too much. We can talk more about it off air. I'm sure if people have questions or comments, I'm sure we'll get more news as it goes along, especially if they do decide to recast him. We'll obviously probably have a whole video about that. Um, but I, I do think a lot of people came here to hear about Daredevil, so we might as well talk a little bit about Daredevil. Um, Kelsey, do you have any other words before we, we get on to the Daredevil stuff? Yeah, I'm just going to have to look into this. I had no idea that yeah. this happened. Yeah, started to drop um, the bomb while we're been recording. <laughs> there's some, like, you know like pop culture-y sites that are saying that, you know, he's rumored to be replaced in the MCU, but we'll yeah, see That what stuff happens. is not even, yeah, that stuff I don't even think, I, I don't even think Marvel's at that phase yet. They, they just want to first figure out what they're doing because, you know, to, to fire the, the second in command at Marvel and then immediately have to like deal with the biggest villain of the franchise, like that's a lot. Um, yeah. Where I don't envy their, their predicament, but at the same time, it's like, some sometimes you, you you think maybe they put themselves in that predicament um but again that's with all jobs you know sometimes background checks don't go that far and maybe they didn't ask all of the yale students who went with the yale with jonathan majors before they cast him how his behavior was maybe they didn't right um maybe they didn't read the contract deep enough about argentina 1985 when she went on to produce that you know like weird things that happen but um there are a lot of videos out there that that break it down i can send you but 
I mean, we are here to talk about Daredevil. So, Kelsey, uh, there's not really an easy way to transition. It's been 20 minutes. Wow. Uh, we really yeah. want to talk. Um, do you wanna, <laughs> how do you want to transition into Daredevil? And I, I know, uh, you know, we, well, we, we, we don't always have the lot to say about each episode specifically. Yeah. But I, mean, I, I definitely think there's a lot to talk about here. So, so let's transition in. Well, okay. So, we're talking about the second half of season two. So, we started back up again with episode seven titled um, Semper Fidelity. I'm doing my best at uh, how, to, how to say that. And basically, we jump right into the Punisher's trial um, for, you know, killing all the, the gang members and the dogs of hell and the Irish mob and, and doing all that stuff. And basically, like, the angle they want to take is that he's mentally ill and not completely healed mm. from his time at war and then especially, like, you know, losing his family so tragically, like that's the kind of angle they want to take for the jury that he shouldn't be, um, you know, sent to prison. He should be institutionalized, put in a mental facility where he can properly, you know, unpack his grief and, and heal. And, you know, that's kind of why he did all these awful things. Um, and so it's like taking on basically like the, uh, you know, the feel of a, a very much a lawyer show. Mm -hmm. um, and then so in like episode eight, Electra gets hurt. Oh, the return of Stick. Mm -hmm. Oh, the colonel takes a stand. So the guy who is like his like main, you know, his like leader, I don't know, army terms. But like, you know, the guy who like was <laughs> the colonel who's like running the mission that yeah. he the, the team that he was part of, you know, took the stand and had some very nice things to say about him, like really painted Frank in, in a much better light for the jury. Um, but then all of a sudden Frank takes a stand, completely throws his case, goes mm -hmm. straight to jail. Yeah. He's like, no, I did it because I liked it and I do it again. And he's just going yep. off the walls and they're just like, oh my God, we yeah, almost this had was, this. This was nuts. Like I, I really yeah. didn't see this coming. And, and and for anyone who doesn't know, like who hasn't been following our series, like we don't, we don't know what's coming. Like this is one of those shows yeah. where we are literally blind going in. Um, whereas I feel like other stuff, we at least have an inkling of what's going to happen from trailers and stuff. But like the trailers are so far, far removed at this point to where we really don't know what's going to happen. Don't even know yeah. who's going to show up. And another character shows up very soon, but like, yeah, seeing him kind of like break out of that because we knew, I knew at least, you know, something was going to happen. It couldn't go this easy, you know. Sure, um, yeah. So, so it was, it was definitely an exciting, but also like, oh, come on, you're so close, moment, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I I had some, I had some hope for Frank just because I felt like Karen of like if anyone was going to get through to him, it was going to be her. And that she was, you know, I mm. thought that you know she was kind of having like a breakthrough with him, like. Uh, you know, like talking to him about his family and like how like this isn't, you know, what he, they would want for him. And, you know, this isn't the way to like deal with the loss of your family. But I don't I don't remember why he throws the case. I think he just gets like angry and is like, I'm I'm not I'm not sick. I'm not like mentally ill. I did right. this all like in my right mind yeah. and he doesn't I, want to lie was, yeah he's right and, and that's what's so interesting about that character too he's like he's not wrong it, like like he's i mean he is wrong for doing what he's some some of what he's doing but he like stands yeah. by it but it's also like 
we know it's well-intentioned and the, and he doesn't want to hide behind that. He doesn't want to try to put on someone he's not. And I appreciate that. But at the same time, it's like, it makes for a very tough dynamic when the whole point of this law show is to like, make sure, you know, you say the right things and you do the right procedures and stuff. And like, we're going to get you less time, all this stuff. And then he just completely throws it out the window. But, but I thought that was fascinating from a character. Yeah. Frank, Frank Castle's kind of a tough, tough cookie because he mm. seems very unmovable. And just when you think you've gotten, through to him he turns around and just shoots someone so it's like he you know he's very set in his ways he's very stubborn he feels like you know killing all these people is the only way he's gonna feel satisfied at the end of the day so it's kind of like you know it makes for a very good antagonist i would say but as far as character development goes i wonder if he undergoes more in his own show but mm-hmm. I'm I'm curious to see like where he kind of goes from here because yeah. you know at the end of the day he is only killing bad people. And well, people well, that's that what I was saying. Yeah, like bad yeah, things. He's like right for what who he's going after. It's just also like the whole he's going about it in the wrong Frank way. Castle thing. Yeah, like do, do you yeah. kill or do you harm? Um, and yeah, like I I, I gotta say he's he is the standout of the season to me. Like yeah, Frank Castle for story. sure. And I think that's my like biggest qualm of these episodes is whenever it would go back to like Daredevil and Elektra, I just wasn't as interested. You know, like the yeah. most interesting stuff for me this whole season was Frank and Karen and just like like to where like there were moments where Foggy would show up. I'm like, oh yeah, you're here. Like literally all right. I wanted to know was, <laughs> was Frank's story. And like, I didn't care about the other stuff with Stick and Elektra and all this stuff. I just wanted to watch, you know, Frank. And that's why the best stuff with Daredevil is when they bring him into it with frank and then of course when we get to kingpin with kingpin like that stuff is the best part of the season right. for me to where i think it honestly kind of peaks here in the middle because this is the most frank centric stuff to where at the very mm-hmm. end like last two episodes are very much not about frank at all it's more about mm-hmm. electra so it's like and and, and I, I i said last time i was like i'm just not reeled in by the electric character yet i don't know why and i'm still not um but it's 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 one of those things where i think frank is just such a great presence that i feel like they almost kind of had to sideline him in his own (laughs) show they needed to kind of put him in a different box because he was starting to steal so much thunder away from the main character and they wanted to kind of refocus it back because i think most people were leaving that season being like what's frank up to next rather than what's matt up to next and i think a lot of people Mm -hmm. wanted to like kind of counteract that um, because you don't want that in your best show where you're like, oh, wait, yeah, we need you to care about our main character, you know? Right. And so the big, you know, twist at the end or whatever you'll call it at the end Reveal. of episode yeah. eight is that Frank uh, meets Wilson Fisk in prison. And, yeah. you know, they kind of end on like this great line where, you know, you know, it's going to be him, but they they don't reveal his face while he's like pumping iron. And you're like, oh. Who is he going to talk to? I wonder who this is going to be. And uh, Vincent D'Onofrio turns around and is like, so I see you got my message. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, what's Frank going to get himself up into? So then we have episode nine, seven minutes of heaven, which is, I think, maybe the strongest episode Oh yeah, but, it's it's oh, my favorite by a mile. Like this episode was so much awesome. happened. So much yeah. happened in this episode. So basically, like we start off getting a little backstory about you know Fisk is Wilson Fisk's first days in prison and him kind of like adjusting to prison life and him you know trying to figure out like who he can trust, who he can't, who you know who's gonna work for him basically because what is a mob boss with no mob he he's gonna figure that out um and then we kind of were introduced 
our our B plot kind of throughout this whole season has been like the Electra um stuff. So we kind of get introduced to the these people called the Hand. Mm-hmm. Um new enemy question mark I wrote down. Um and so basically like we get to the crux of what Wilson Fisk wants with Frank Castle and he's like so like I want to give you um the opportunity to kind of like take on these guys who were either responsible for the death of his family who were just happened to be there or mm. like they know the person that is responsible for his family's death um and you know frank god love him in the in these moments he's not gonna be you know whipped by wilson fisk right off the bat he's like okay and so what's in it for you like i'm not gonna be your hitman um you know i'm not gonna be your hitman and then you know be on your beck and call whatever like this isn't how this is gonna work and wilson fisk says well i kind of want that guy dead too because he's making my time in here kind of hard so uh at the end of the day frank does take him up on his offer and is like listen i'm gonna do this one thing for you and this is gonna be it and i'm thinking oh that's not how it works with wilson fisk i'm like once he gets his claws in you there's no way there's no way out of it uh so i'm like nervous for uh frank in these moments there's tensions are running high between nelson and murdoch they have this really intense conversation about how they're gonna shut down their um law firm um and you know they're like talking about their law firm but also like you know they're friends at the end of the day like first and foremost they're they're colleagues but they're also friends and they're kind of having this strange conversation that's like maybe we're better off kind of without each other or really that was mm-hmm. it was mainly matt who was like you know you guys are kind of better off without me like you and karen are smart like very capable people like you will be fine um but i just have to deal with everything else that's going on in daredevil's life right now with this whole electra and you know stick coming back and all of that mm-hmm. um so basically like we find out and this is when i kind of got a little confused so castle go like you know goes to shiv the guy he like has a shiv yeah and in prison and he finds out that his family was killed through like a sting operation so it was Mm -hmm. all like very purposeful yeah and then he gets a name he's like who who did it like who were you working for and so we get this name the blacksmith and then so he gets into a fight it's him versus seven guys he kills all of them yeah so the yeah the title of the episode is quite literally the seven minute one take fight scene of him fighting these seven guys in the hallway seven minutes in heaven basically not one take but you know what i mean like it's a one one big action scene for seven minutes and it is probably my favorite thing i've seen in any marvel television show mc or otherwise like this fight scene is the best filmmaking technique i've seen since like yeah I don't even know the end game infinity war. And this came out before that, but like, you know, like of that no. vein of like the old, like phase one, phase two, like winter soldier. Like I love this fight scene. It was so good. Yeah. 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 And it, it was just like, he, he's like in a white jumpsuit too. So the blood is just so much more like, um, emphasized and like mm-hmm. 
noticed like throughout all this like and he's just like a badass like he doesn't give a fuck he (laughs) takes down these seven guys and then he just stands up and he's just covered in blood and i was like oh my god like this guy like you want to not root for him but you kind of root for him at the same time you know what i mean Mm -hmm. because he's a he's a bad guy he's killing all these guys but it's like He's so cool that, like, I don't know. I find myself really rooting for Frank Castle. Yeah. I, I know. And that's what's so weird is, like, it, it's like an anti-hero thing. It's like you, you can't be yeah. a full-on villain when you're, like, when you want to hoorah for them when they do what they do. Like, Thanos no, we never yeah. cheered for. You know what I mean? No, never. Yeah. Um, And then we have these, like, Castle versus Wilson Fisk moments where I'm just, like, He's just, I'm like, why is this guy so, like, unbeatable? Like, he, Mm. like, is it just because he's big? Like, what's, like, what is his deal? Because I feel like if, Frank also was handcuffed during this moment where they got into their little tiff. So, I'm like, if Frank was at, like, full capacity, full health, hadn't just taken on seven guys by himself, I feel like he could easily take out Wilson Fisk. Like, right. And I think it's one of those things where it's like it's still based on the comic books, so, so things are still emphasized. It's just it feels like it should be so much more naturalistic. Like his strength yeah. is much more heightened for the sake of a TV show than like he normally would be if it was just a regular old show. You know, I, I think we yeah. sometimes forget. And I don't remember if they ever go into any backstory on like him getting any sort of like powers or anything. I just think it's br- just brute strength. <laughs> yeah, which is uh-huh. like crazy. Cause he like, you know, Frank gets up, gets in some good punches, but at the end of the day, like, uh, Fisk is still like just able to overpower him. And I'm just like, this is unknown territory for Frank because he's like, he's been taking on all these baddies this entire season and pretty much coming out, you know, with barely a scratch on him. Um, but he's beaten, he's, he's taken some hits in prison. Um, and then we find out that Matt has this guy has come back from the dead. His name's Nobu, um, and he's he's alive some way somehow. We the last we saw of him was he was yeah. burned seemingly to death, but obviously not. Um, and then we jump right into episode ten, the man in the box, and oh my god! And then we have this like horror movie element, like episode where these people are getting drained for drained, their blood yeah. i called them the zombie children they all looked young yeah. none of them and so now claire uh um rosario rosario dawson's uh yeah, character's back. back um and she's treating these people in this like closed down wing of the hospital and Oh my God, the DA gets killed in this episode. Yeah, that was nuts. Cause like that was crazy. Yeah, and 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 I I I don't love, but like it's interesting when I see scenes where it's like everything's kind of chill, like they're all in like an office, and then all of a sudden, boom, like it's something can change right away. Like there was yeah. that moment where I was like, all right, this is kind of your cool down moment where they're all kind of talking right. about what their next step is, and then boom, she's gone. And that was definitely jarring for sure. Yeah, it's kind of like the Alfred Hitchcock thing where he like wants you to think that you're safe and yes. then you're you're in a white shower that's well lit and then all of a sudden you're getting stabbed through the curtain. So it's <laughs> it's it's like the same thing. Um but yeah, that was that was unexpected. That was crazy. Matt basically puts two and two together before anyone else can and is like, "Okay, if 
if Frank Castle was sent to cell block D, he's absolutely, you know, getting involved with Wilson Fisk. I have to get to the bottom of this. Goes to meet Wilson Fisk and basically just like starts talking about Vanessa and his family. And that's when Fisk absolutely loses it, you know, beats, you know, roughs, roughs Matt up a little bit. Um, Electra tries to flee the country in this episode. Um, oh, oh, right. Okay. So then Karen is like all disappointed because, oh yeah. Did I mention that, uh, Castle escaped from prison? Yes. That's important. Well, and that's also like one of the things with the Kingpin. He's like, I'll do you one, you do me one type thing. Yeah, uh, and he, and exactly. he kind of speaks him out as a, as a cop, right? He's dressed as a, an officer, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like one of the prison guards or something. And that's how he's able to get away. But that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like with Fisk, it's like the favors are never ending. Like you no, don't just no. do one thing. Like right. there, there's going to be another debt you need to owe at some point. Um, mm. But, you know, Karen's all disappointed because she felt like she had this king this you know friendship sort of um esque type relationship with frank and she's like oh now he's back on his bullshit he just shot up the da uh he appears in her apartment um and she you know pulls pulls the gun on him maybe that's the next episode oh this episode just ends with frank finding karen and they get shot at and then oh well we didn't the wilson fisk matt uh, face-off happens in this episode too right or is that the yeah. next one yeah, yeah that's what i just yeah that's what i said is that what you I, just I, said sorry it yeah no i talk, yeah no i'm sorry i talked yeah so matt goes to see king's king kingpin and he like roughs him up a little bit because he was talking about Van- he like brought up vanessa and was like right, don't right. speak her name no i love um, yeah i just want to talk about that really quick like i love yeah. the dynamic there because it's like this whole season like i said like matt was like not really the main focus for me it was all about frank and kind of karen but then this is where i'm like all right we're back in now like because now daredevil's like up front with kingpin like this is the stuff i love to see and and it was just such a good scene between the two of them so a high stakes high tension so i just wanted to bring that up specifically no yeah and it's like the balls on matt to just like go he's like i want to talk to him and like you know knowing that he can't you know, as Matt Murdock, he can't like all of a sudden be like good at combat and like really defend right. himself super well. Yeah. So like he kind of just has to like take the hit, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> which was. Yeah, it was I was like, wow, the bravery this man has, it's it's truly unmatched. <laughs> um, and then at the end of this episode, we get um, the zombie children are all up and around and they killed. Oh, he killed his dad. Yeah. The dad who was just trying to save his son killed mm. him. And then the and then the hand, the members of the hand, they all look like ninjas. Yeah, they're and all they scale come, on the buildings. Yeah. Yeah, they, they scale the hospital and they and they steal the children back. And mm. uh, that's kind of where we ended. And then episode eleven is called point three eight zero. Yeah. which I read that and I was like, huh, my GPA in high school. <laughs> but I, I was thinking. Uh, yes, that's 3. exactly 8. what the episode was about. Yeah. Yep. Point three. Uh, wow. Point, point that three. Is, that was my, that was my graduating. You, you, you did one test. <laughs> Every other test you sat out. Yeah. Point no. three, so they steal the children back and then Frank meets up with Karen and it's important that Frank knows that he was not behind what happened to the DA. He was like, that wasn't me. I like, 
I need you to believe me. So then they actually end up getting shot up at her apartment. And I just loved, okay, this happened twice. And I don't know, maybe I'm just a little sucker. But the first time at the DA, when they got shot up, Matt dives over Karen, protects her. And then this time around, Frank, same thing, dives over Karen, protects her. I'm like, I just want a man who will protect me from getting shot at. Is that too much to ask? Um, So then they have this whole conversation in this diner. Mm. And basically, he ended up like using her as bait to get yeah that was shitty. someone else so and he was even like got in her head with the whole like you love him right you love matt like you love him don't let him go which i think there's some truth to that with like the whole like sure you know the fact that his loved ones aren't even there like if you love something yeah. don't let it go but also like right. just knowing the whole time when you rewatch it that that you know he's setting her up basically or not really setting her up but like using her as a way to set himself up essentially to lure them yeah. all into him you know that that's shitty because like the karen uh frank bond in the season is just so interesting to where like yeah. he really takes so many ups and downs and and this seemed like kind of the pinnacle end moment of it you know yeah i was like watching this and i was like do i ship karen and frank, frank? No. yeah no. I, mean, <laughs> I i don't know I, i'm ready to eat my words i'm ready for season three to to <laughs> go back on that but i don't know i mean maybe. who knows um you know she doesn't so- end up with matt because matt ends up with jennifer walters so who knows Right. So we'll, we'll see. Um, well, so basically like Matt and Frank are both hunting now this guy called the blacksmith. Um, and he like finds this guy. Oh, the zombie children are getting drained. Um, Electra is trying to get to stick. Uh, a lot's happening. Is this, a, this is the boat episode. This was when mm-hmm. I stopped taking notes. Um, so I don't oh, have notes okay. on the last two episodes, but right. I watched them recently enough that I remember yeah. what happened. Well, because it's also um, kind of the end of the Frank Castle story, because like, right? I mean, well, not really. Like, he still has to kill the guy, but it's like after this, it kind of it, it, the season ends with Electro, which I think was an interesting right. moment. Like it, it's ending more with the Electro storyline than the Frank stuff. I mean, there's still some Frank stuff in the finale, but like, I feel like this was kind of where it hit like its final peak in this in this last. Right. So this is this is when he thought he found the blacksmith, but the guy was lying. He wasn't the actual blacksmith. Mm-hmm. And then this the like, actual other blacksmith game... is Mr. Krabs, who really known as Clancy Brown, who I, right. I, you, I was like, this is Mr. Yes. Krabs. Except by Wait, because he's such a versatile actor, you know, after you said that, Jill, I was like, I, I was watching the episode and I was like, shit, that is Mr. Krabs. Like, you can kind of hear it in some of the lines that he says. And he's like, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that kind of like rasp he does for Mr. Krabs. Um, but uh, yeah. And then like the boat explodes and then basically everyone thinks that Frank Castle's dead. Like he's mm. pronounced dead after this, this whole incident. And then episode 12, we jump into an Electra backstory, which I mm. feel like would have been super helpful to get when she when was first, first introduced at the I beginning agree. of the season. Yeah. Because this is, this is where, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, this episode is the one that, like, actually made me care about her. Because before, she was just kind of introduced as, like, this, I don't know, like, half-love interest, this ex-girlfriend to Matt Murdock. And that wasn't the most interesting thing about her. The most interesting thing about her is that she was also raised by Stick, raised to be Mm. this, like, killing machine. She has this kind of, like, darkness inside of her that she can't always... um, stop and prevent from coming out and 
you know, we just like get these like good shots of her as like a young girl, like being trained as this, yeah. as this assassin. It reminded me of Maya a little bit in uh Hawk right. Echo. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then what else? What else happened? What I was going to say is along that line though, like the, the whole thing with like, I agree, like Electra, I wasn't sold on her until this episode, but I wish it had just come earlier because like by now I had almost kind of like Frank's Frank's storyline I thought was coming to an end. Cause he, killed the guy he thought was the blacksmith so i was like all right it's kind of done to where like these last two episodes i really kind of felt blank because i was like all right now what like now all i really need is matt to tell karen he's daredevil because i know that's coming but i'm like everything else i'm like all right we can speed this up a little bit because i just didn't care enough at that point i wish they had put this earlier so i did care a little bit more in this moment um and obviously we get a little bit more blacksmith stuff with frank but it's also like i i wish they had set this up better to where i care more about this finale because it really was much more an electra centric finale episodes Mm -hmm. than it was frank so yeah so then we find out that she is kind of like their fearless leader like the hand, the hand is like yeah she's double she, agent or whatever she's yeah. the black sky but she didn't like she didn't realize this about herself so now it's kind of like well you can take over being the leader of this gang because like you're me huh sorry i'm uh, sorry yeah we're recording this uh you know on on my for, on, for speaking for myself very little sleep sorry so f- i apologize <laughs> i'm like every um, time you yawn it's making me yawn because it's contagious <laughs> it's um contagious. but yeah so we kind of yeah we she's the leader yeah we or yeah she's the she's yeah. the black sky and you know she kind of has to like fight that and she really wants to kill stick because i think she like blames everything that happened to yeah, her probably. on him yeah um you know, Matt convinces her not to kill Stick, and then they're able to kind of get out all all together. And then this uh, season finale, man, um, <laughs> I just watched it this morning. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, so we we kind of get to the whole, um, you know, the the big moment being that Electra does decide to side with Matt, and then ultimately yeah. decides to sacrifice herself for Matt. And dies in combat, you know, and then Matt escapes or whatever. It's his emotional moment. Um, Frank kind of helps him out as well. We kind of get that full arc moment of him. Um, Oh, Karen gets kidnapped. Karen gets kidnapped kidnapped. and like all these people. um, I I don't even. There was. Okay, this is my biggest complaint, Jill. I feel like that the second half of the season is that I just felt like there was so much going on. Yeah, and like a the lot first of half, groups, a lot of people, a lot of mobs, lot, yeah. lots of people to keep track of. Um, I didn't understand like this white woman who is like, you know, it's like this Japanese run kind of, um, you know, like vigilante group, if you will. But then in the center of it, it's there's like this random white woman, and I was like, I don't know who you are or like what yeah. you what you're doing here, or like who you work for. I don't understand. And then um but yeah Yeah. there was just like so much to keep track of and like the first yeah yeah, the first half of this season was like so much more palatable and watchable just because Mm -hmm. it was so like linear following like Mm -hmm. you know trying to figure out who the punisher was and why he was doing what he was doing and then his trial and then post all of that they just threw like so much at us Mm -hmm. that i was like 
I was like, yeah. ah, a lot. Like almost, on. I wish if they had ended the season on him getting to the prison, almost, and then like start the next sure. season with, oh, here's the hand, and here right. is Kingpin. You know, like get it back there. But I, I will say, like, I think that's my biggest qualm too. Is like this, just this last two episodes in particular, just really felt like it was kind of dragging things on too long, adding extra elements that we didn't need, extra reveals that we didn't need to kind of get those like big loud final action sequences you know with daredevil and then like of course karen and there's that great moment where like daredevil kind of saves karen and they have like this kind of almost intimate moment where he kind of gives a little bit of intimacy but then he realizes oh i'm daredevil i'm not mad right now and yeah you would think she'd pick up on that then but she really doesn't as we see by the ending scene like she really doesn't she's she's there's something there but it's more no fascination with daredevil than it is like oh it's matt like i don't think it even crossed her mind also because why would you ever think your blind friend is this guy you know um yeah so that moment i like but but then it you know just kind of keeps on going keeps on fighting karen's still in trouble and then eventually everything kind of like resolves itself they the the good guys win i love how stick has the final moment of of, putting that sword through that guy um because he kind of wakes up again it's the guy who can't die and then he finally gets up and turns around it's very simple very swift turns around walk right into the sword like i kind of love that um very poetic and he's like now you'll stay dead this time or something like that i don't know yeah um yeah just kind of like tying up all the loose threads and there are a lot of loose threads yeah and honestly it Right. So the, going back to that moment between uh, Matt and Karen when he's Daredevil and he's like, hey, are you OK? And she's like, yeah, better now. Um, I like I was like, did I miss something? Did Matt tell Karen that he was Daredevil and I just completely like missed it? Like I was looking yeah. down at my phone or something and missed the scene entirely. But I was like, oh, no, no, no. She still doesn't know that it's him. Um, and then. You know, obviously she says right before she dies, like, this isn't the end. But I was like, I was like, no, Electra's not going to die. They're going to put her body and do whatever they did to that fucking Nobu guy I to bring her back to life. I no, I, I felt it. it. Yeah. yeah, I so there you go. I yeah, like it. it's yeah, that's how it kind of ends with her story. She dies, yeah. but she's really not. And then right. you know, uh, Stick and, and Daredevil are fine. Foggy now is his own practice. Again, I, th- I think they really right. sideline him in this last few episodes. Like kind of just yeah. they're and trying to sad. give him development, but it's like, you know, they bring in Carrie Ann Moss, who's a big name, big name actress, to kind of recruit him for this new thing. But it's like right. you know, I was almost really hoping because it was Carrie Ann Moss that she'd put on the sunglasses and bring him into the Matrix. <laughs> you know, be like come with me and be like oh this is a matrix movie now uh pill, boom, pill. um yeah so and and then um frank kind of like burns his house and, and leaves and and seems to want to yeah. like kind of start anew because he finally does get his revenge against the actual blacksmith and then um we get the final moment where we kind of been building to which is matt and uh karen where he reveals it and yeah. I think that's kind of where we end it, right? That like, it, it almost freezes on her face. We don't really know what her response is. She doesn't look too happy, honestly, though. So I'm I, very interested to see what will happen. I feel this. like if someone I was so close to revealed to me that they were like the mass vigilante, I would like the amount of times that she's been around Daredevil and like literally straight up countered him in this episode face to face. I would literally be like, I am so fucking dumb. Uh, yeah, I, I would be like, oh. All of this makes so much more sense now. All your cuts and bruises and your quote unquote alcohol problem. And the fact that we were literally just standing like face to face with one another and I still didn't clock it. I would literally be like, my fucking dumbass didn't realize it was you. This is this is embarrassing because what I will say, I will say, I think the saving grace for me 
for this entire second season was that I just really loved that Karen was like her own person, like throughout the entire season. Like she had her own missions, her own morals to stick to. Like she was never just like this damsel in distress. Like, yes, she got captured at the, at the end there, but even still, like she was still like very smart. She was talking to that guy with the, um, the pro- probation bracelet on and she was mm-hmm. like turn that shit on so they fucking track us and <laughs> and can save us and it was like you know part of that like her her quick thinking and and like her this like new journey she's taking into journalism with this guy i'm yeah. like i think this is the perfect life path for her because she's just like so determined to get to the bottom of things and she's like always looking for answers and I just I'm just so appreciative of like how smart and like competent she is and that like yes her and Matt like did have like a little bit of a romantic um you know some some romance was happening between them but at the end of the day like she was still very much like she never really it doesn't feel like she's ever dependent on Foggy or Matt like she's mm-hmm. just like her own woman and her own person that like carries like her own arcs and her own like plot lines and it's just you know i'm like yay yay women <laughs> nice yeah, yay, yeah. Well i, I really enjoy karen female characters yeah karen's story especially considering how badly they handled foggies in terms of like kind of really not knowing what to do with them really i, right. I feel like they, they kind of made it the same story all season it's just like oh matt and foggy are bickering again and foggy right. wants to have wants to take the law stuff more seriously i don't know but now that Karen knows, I'm assuming there will be something interesting added to that trio's dynamic. Um, it's kind of a sad moment the- when he closed out the bar tab that they've had open the whole yeah. time. I love the idea of that, that they've had a bar tab just consistently open that will never close. Um, I'm like, how much is that tab? <laughs> oh, thousands, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, like that's your season. And, and I really think Frank is the highlight. So I'm interested to see next season. I believe he's still in it, but it's like, it's not his story anymore. I don't think mm-hmm. um, it's much more Matt centric again, but I'm, I'm very interested to see what they do with Electro, what they do with Punisher. I've got to look in terms of continuity. If we need to watch the next Punisher, the first Punisher season before Daredevil season three, I believe that's how it aired. Um, that might help if Punisher is in season three. Um, so I just got to look okay. at that, and that probably won't be for a little while because after this, where we got you know Guardians coming up soon, Spider Verse mm-hmm. coming soon, so we probably won't get back to Daredevil for a little bit. But I like the season in- incrementally better than the first, and I think it yeah, is I agree. Of Frank Castle, and I really do. Think I agree. It's because they really gave us like such a compelling antagonist. Not that ha- that Kingpin wasn't, but I think just Frank Castle has so much else going on that makes him yeah. so layered to where like you know kelsey you're you're getting hot for him in this episode you're you're falling for him <laughs> as you talk I, about him you know, i was he, he's, he's, multifaceted. he's multi-dimensional he's not just your straight up villain he's got yeah. layers he's an ogre and he's an onion so um yeah i'm really excited honest, to see yeah this go further honestly dill you might hate me for saying this but i will say i've seen kingpin now in two marvel projects daredevil and and hawkeye and I just, I'm not, I don't get it. I don't think I don't, he's not like that interesting to me. He's not really that compelling. Like he's kind of just this big dude who just like has a bunch of people do his bidding for him. And like weirdly is able to control all these people, but like why he just like, doesn't feel that special to me. Like the more like villains we meet and the more antagonists we get, 
introduced to, I'm like, Frank Castle was way more interesting this as the big antagonist this, this season. You know what I mean? And like, mm. even in Hawkeye, like I, we didn't need him in Hawkeye. Like we could have just done with like, yeah. you know, you just make Eleanor the crime boss. It would have been Eleanor, easier. the crime know. boss, or yeah. just with the tracksuit mafia and um, echo. What's her name? Maya's story Maya. mm -hmm. and, 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 and Kazi and, and these people. Yeah. So I'm like, he just, no, they I, keep trying to disagree. like weasel him in, in like different ways. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't think we need him. Yeah, I don't disagree. I, I I think honestly, my favorite iteration is always going to be Spider Verse. I love that version of Kingpin, and mm. I think because it's animated, it makes more sense because you can make him yeah. this huge presence to where he punches someone, they go flying across the room. Right. I I, I think that's kind of where my love for the character comes from. But I agree. Like it's it's seeing now Frank Castle. It's it's I think it's such a more interesting antagonist than than Kingpin is. But who knows? Maybe season three will bring us back around to it. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I'm not but sold any, yet. Any final thoughts on season two before we uh, sign off? Um, it was good. Yeah, kept it stuff. held my attention more than season one did. I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, Just yeah, a lot going on, but like the stuff that was going on, I think was a little more interesting. Right. Um, cool. So we will get back to Daredevil eventually soon before the new series comes out late in the year. But uh, next week, um. We have a week between, uh, so so here's how the kind of the schedule is going down. In like three weeks, we have Guardians. In two weeks, we have Marvel Trivia. But next week, we need kind of like some little bridge placeholder type thing. And we just talked a little bit about it earlier, the Jeremy Renner renovations mm. show or whatever. Uh, we're yes. not going to be renovating any houses or anything, but he's the only one of our <laughs> Avenger, original six Avengers that we haven't done a movie club for yet. So we said, you know what? He's got a show out on Disney+. Plus. We never got to do him do him <laughs> we never <laughs> have to cover his movies when we were talking about hawkeye the show so it's like this is the, kind of the only <laughs> real opportunity left to do it yeah um to where it actually makes some sort of sense with what's going on so we're going to be doing a jeremy renner movie club and we're talking about kind of three basic ones but i think for good reason and that's because two of them were his oscar nominated films um and then the third one um i actually have to remember what the third one is but the first one is the, the one the with Locker. elizabeth olsen that's right. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and that's the reason for that. Um, but the first one is The Hurt Locker from 2009, for, uh, directed by Catherine Bigelow. Uh, historically, Kelsey would love to hear this. The first film ever to have a woman win Best Director for it. And a woman won Best Director. Um, love it. Pretty awesome. Uh, and then uh, The Town uh, from 2010, which also stars him in a supporting role, uh, but, but an Oscar-nominated supporting role again, directed by Ben Affleck. Uh, that movie he actually has a new movie in theaters now called air which is awesome and then um most recently uh wind river uh not most recently but in terms of the three movies we picked wind river from 2018 or 2017 i think 2017 might be the number um which stars him and elizabeth olsen which is also really really interesting um has to talk about indigenous communities and um i i think you know, we're, we're going to have a lot of cool things to say about these movies. Kelsey, have you seen any of these movies in advance ahead of time or no? I haven't. Cool. All right. So 2017 these are all for Wind River, by the way. Cool. <laughs> so, yeah, The Hurt Locker, The Town, and Wind River. We will be talking about all those movies next week for Jeremy Renner Avengers Movie Club. And then we will have covered all six original Avengers, uh, as well as some other people like Brie Larson, Tom Holland, Chadwick Boseman. Um, do we do anyone else in addition to them? I think that's it, right? The fact know. that you just named those three so quickly without even thinking about it, I'm I'm impressed. Thank I um, I can't 
yeah. think of all, all the movie clubs we've done. Because <laughs> um, we also did, you know, the original five, which which helps, which is easy. Um, aside, right. aside from Jeremy Renner, who we're about to do. Haha, <laughs> we're going to do Jeremy Renner. Um, and Heck yeah. <laughs> Kelsey, where can they find you otherwise? Um, you can find me on Instagram, Kelsey A. Kilpatrick. You could follow me on TikTok at Cause13, or you can check out my YouTube channel, Cause Productions. There you go. Uh, you follow me at the Dill Pickle Movie Network if you're listening on podcasts. Uh, I'm sorry, we switched over from Anchor to Spotify because um, now Spotify owns Anchor. We actually weren't on the automatic uploads for months and I didn't realize. So Kelsey, thank you for bringing that to my attention. So I'm <laughs> in the process of uploading all those manually now, uh, which is fine. It's a little extra work for me every week, but I don't really care. Um, and so I will be uploading every episode now weekly to a podcast. I'm sorry for the two months you guys have kind of, or three months now that you guys have gone without our voices on there. Um, but we hope you were able to find your way here to YouTube. And of course you can find me at Dylan underscore Randazzo Twitter and Dylan Randazzo 417 at TikTok. I just posted one for the first time in a while there. Um, any last words, Kels? I mean, for this week. Um, <laughs> happy birthday, Dill. Thank you. Yeah, this is airing on This is birthday. airing on your birthday. It's not the my birthday now. Five. So, you know, I, I, it hasn't hit yet. I, I, my quarter life crisis begins tomorrow, which is today. <laughs> When and you your frontal listening. lobe is going to stop developing tomorrow so or is today really? Really? so who you are as a person is who you are for life so think about that oh my god the next that is a lot hours. to think about and i wish someone had given me like that last year because <laughs> now i'm like i have only how many hours left to think about this and i'm gonna go take a nap right now because i i stayed up too late last night wow sleep on it yeah okay well anyway <laughs> thank you guys we'll see we'll see you all next time.